0: Free Talk Live, it's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves, toll free, 800-259-9231. Get to bring up whatever you want. That's why we call it Free Talk Live, Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy them. freetalklive.com So, we got a lot to talk about tonight, as always. Video game laws in the news, and it's not good. We're going to get to that. Plus, whatever is, again, on your mind, it is your show. Free Talk Live, 800 259 The Packet 8 toll free line for you. But let's start with seniors. Now, I know we don't have a lot of seniors in our listening audience. We've seen our demographics. Well, it, we could have more than what our demographics show, but, yes. It's true. On the radio, I would say probably our radio listeners, we have more than we do our And we've certainly listeners. had plenty of them that have called in over the Years, That's that's true. Uh, But nonetheless, it's still important to talk about because I think everybody would like to become a senior at some point. It it Um, beats the alternative. You mean death? Yes, that would be the only alternative. So in that case, let's talk about seniors and their love lives. I know some people are going to get very uncomfortable by this. People don't like to think about what it's like when grandma and grandpa, you know, do grandma and grandpa actually have sex with one another? Some people like to just want to completely avoid this topic. And I think it's important. In fact, it's, it's actually pr- pretty critical for today's seniors. Uh, according to ABC News, at the Pinole Senior Center in Northern California, there are lots of gray-haired folks huddled around the computer these days. Now, contrary to expectation, they're not there to learn how to email their more tech-savvy grandchildren. No, these grandmas and grandpas are looking for love on the Internet. Wow. Yes, Betty Plake, a 75-year-old widow, is open to the possibilities of Internet dating. She says she couldn't ma- imagine her grandmother searching for the web for a bow, but this generation is different. Really? She says, I think we just want to get out and go. We don't want to sit back in the rocking chair. We want to spread our wings still at this age. You know what? I think that's great. How old is she?
1: 75. 75. I, I would say that a lot of people in her generation want to just you know, sit back, sit, and, sit rot. back and, and rot. Right. But... um god bless her yes. uh, get out there and find somebody i have note i have known plenty of people that have uh, gotten boyfriends and girlfriends uh, i hesitate to use that term um in their 70s and 80s um you're so, never too late to have a companion right i uh, companionship's good and right. and when you're 70 or 80 it's probably best to look for 70 or 80 year
0: olds the online dating class is taught by connie acton and her boyfriend of 8 years tom bowie connie is 74 and tom is 70 They met when he attended her basic computer class. Quote, I remember when I was a kid and I looked at my mother. She remarried when she was 49, and I thought, what for? You're 49. You're (laughs) almost dead. Now I'm looking at her and thinking, she she was a kid almost at 49. (laughs) With their full, active, and busy lives, today's older adults want a partner to share it with. That also means having a robust sex life well into their 70s, 80s, and even 90s. So this article sort of starts out (laughs) touching on, see, that's so silly, Mark. Someday you're going to be old and wrinkled, Yeah, and I hope you don't think "ich" when it comes to yourself at that point. You're well, just going to have to come to terms with it.
1: I suspect I won't, <laughs> but um, so I the, don't know. The article's What got will t- I think about my
0: partner? I don't know. You're <laughs> going to have to get over it, my man. I, suspe- I guess Of course, you if will. you're wealthy enough and you are an international playboy yep. at that point, then, yeah, right. uh, your partner could be any age right. you'd like. Anna Nicole Smith will uh, yeah. be, uh, you know knocking at my door so the, the article is two uh, two parts it's kind of it starts out just sort of touching on internet dating for uh for older people and i think that's very interesting that uh there's certainly amongst older people there's the the people that are like larry king that have never used the internet for real mm-hmm. larry king admitted it on his show not too long ago never how can you be, how can you be a talk show host in this day and age and never have logged on to the internet it's amazing Uh, So there's people like him that are just the total luddites. They're just going to rot away and uh, not actually create any new synapses, uh, any new connections in their brains as their the remaining years in life wear on. (laughs) I think he might be challenging himself a
1: little bit, Larry King. Maybe a little. Maybe a little. But Uh, I don't know. Maybe he just
0: reads. Maybe he's just going through the motions. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. So, (laughs) So the color blue. How do you feel? Um. And then there's uh, so yeah so you've got this I think it's great that uh, the, there's these older generation there's the people that are the luddites and then there's these people that are looking into new opportunities new venues in life and I've I've met some older folks that are really into the internet and I think it's really great I mean gosh what else do you have to do
1: well I right. think that uh, it's it beats the heck out of singles uh, organizations in a lot of
0: ways maybe I don't know what what the hell do I know I've never used either so well it's a great way to exclude all of the luddites from your your dating possibilities. You'll at least, you at least know you're going to get somebody who has the capability to turn on a computer and, and click online to uh, a few websites. Mm-hmm. Anyway, going on about sex in your 70s, 80s, and even 90s, it also means confronting a very harsh reality of the modern world, of course, sexually transmitted diseases. Not that these weren't around hundreds of years ago, but we just know more about them today. Uh, Dr. Hilda Hutcherson An assistant professor of obstetrics and gynecology at Columbia University says, I see older people who think sexually transmitted diseases are for the young. We don't get gonorrhea. We don't get chlamydia. We don't get HIV, her patients tell her. However, Dr. Hutcherson says that's a fallacy. Patients are often too shy to ask their doctors difficult sexual questions. So doctors need to ask them things directly. She says, for instance, I say, how's your sex life? And then waits for the answer. Now, that normalizes and makes it much easier for an older woman to say, for instance, well, there are some issues that I want to talk to you about. The author of What Your Mother Never Told You About Sex and a columnist who writes for Essence and Glamour magazines, Dr. Hutcherson, is blunt about asking her patients if they're practicing safe sex. It could save their lives. Statistics show that although the highest number of new HIV cases is in people in their 30s and 40s, there are now more patients being diagnosed in their 50s than in their 20s. Really? Yeah. So it's a very real issue. So once they're practicing safe sex, Dr. Hutcherson says it's time to make sure they're having enjoyable sex. Sex is lifelong, she says. You should never give up on something that is so important. And this is part of uh, the message that I portrayed here on Free Talk Live, and that is that sex is not something to be afraid of. It's absolutely a, a healthy activity to be involved in, so long as you're doing it safely. In fact, it's absolutely something that should go on lifelong, if, if it can. It, it actually increases, uh, it, it does good things for your body. Sex does. It does, absolutely. The uh, no, no doubt about it. She says that surprises many older people who've been led to believe that their sex drive lessens or dies out later in life. It surprised Joan Price so much when she fell in love at age 57 that she was moved to write a book. It's titled, tellingly, Better Than I Ever Expected, Straight Talk About Sex After 60. The book's gone on to a second printing. So high is the demand for information from people in her generation. I mean, can you imagine, Mark? We've got uh, one of the things I've complained about, about Americans and, and sex and, and parents and talking with kids about sex. If parents today aren't talking with their kids about sex, and I don't think most of them are, then parents three generations ago certainly weren't talking with their kids about sex. So it's no surprise that there's a total lack of knowledge, uh, even amongst people in their 70s and 80s, about sex. It's amazing. What in the world could you not know by your 70s or 80s about sex? Well, uh, it's also led to a blog in which which middle-aged and older men and women write in for some straight talk about sex. Everything from when is too soon to become intimate with a new man after a spouse dies to reclaiming sexuality after cancer. Now 63, Joan is a newlywed. She met her husband, Robert, when she took her line dancing class. The sex? She's happy to report that it's never been better. She says, I had expected as a young person that old people, A, didn't have sex, or B, if they did, they didn't enjoy it because it was something that young people did, she says. And then, when I fell in love at age 57, I was amazed at how wonderful it was, not only being in love, but also our sex life. If anyone out there saying ick, like you, Mark, about older people having sex lives, Joan Price says, just wait. And Dr. Hutcherson admonishes people. Yeah, you know, oh.
1: Obviously, they win that one. I mean, All you know, in good time. Right, right, that's,
0: uh, well, I guess you're right. Unless, of course, they come up with a way to stop the aging process. but uh, it I don't think that it's going to, it's not going to come that quickly. The transhumanists are busy out there working on it, but yeah, it's yeah. going to take time. Finally, Dr. Hutcherson admonishes people to never give up on love or sex. Quote, it should never, never be something you just lock in a closet and say, those days are over. Indeed, I agree. And uh, looking forward to a, a long and happy sex life. And I wish, I wish that for absolutely everybody. And I don't think that you should give up just because uh, your wife or your husband died and you're 70 years old and you think it's too late. I don't think it's ever too late.
1: You know, I guess um, when I think specifically about people being in love and having sex and that kind of thing, I'm happy for them. When I think generally about old people mm-hmm. having sex, I, I'm just, you know,
0: I'm, that's where I get repulsed. And mom. Mom should never have sex. <laughs> 800, 800 right, Frank's on the line in New York City, wants to talk about old folks and their sexual lives and your calls about whatever's on your mind. It's talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, Thursday edition. You take control of the airwaves, toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the Packet 8 toll-free line for you. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. That number again, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Live streams are there. There's a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version for your listening convenience, both completely free, like all of the features on our website. freetalklive.com. Get registered now. For the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, coming February 23rd through the 25th, Concord, New Hampshire, meet libertarian superstars like John Stossel, Michael Badnarik, and many more of the most influential libertarians in America will be there. freestateproject.org slash libertyforum for more information to get registered. That again, freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. As we go to the phones, to the fun, let's talk to Frank in New York City. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Mark.
2: Hi, guys. How are you doing? Good, Frank. Good, sir, how are you? Good. A very interesting and sort of... uh Humorous and timely conversation. You know, I remember the first time I saw Bob Dole, uh, packing Viagra on television, selling Mm -hmm. it to the American people. I knew that America was on the cusp of some change. (laughs) So, in a sense, I think is with the technological innovations of Viagra and, you know, lots of, uh, wealth that the older generation seems to have, that all the economists are talking about, the next transfer of wealth generational over the next 10 or 15 years, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's great for the seniors to go out and sort of uh, enjoy their sexuality. As a matter of fact, uh, as long as everyone's of the age of consent, you know, there's no difficulty. And I think, too, uh, now with the sexual... Uh, Liberation in the sense that exists. I mean, you know, it's not just going to be the wealthy old men dating the young twenty-somethings. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, I think you're going to see a lot of older women with lots of money dating, you know, young, handsome twenty and thirty-year-olds. I uh, suppose that's so certainly a sense, possibility. Absolutely, especially Liz in New Taylor's York.
1: managed to pull it off, didn't she? And, Supposedly, Uh, Cher's got an insatiable appetite for young guys like you. I don't know
2: about that with Cher, but I do. Do you remember the episode on Sex and the City when Samantha was dating one of the real estate investors in Donald Trump's building?
0: I don't where. Where they had the
2: episode where uh, you know this guy was talking about swinging with the cats in Cuba and the jazz musicians and giving her lovely trinkets and things. He was, I think, eighty-five. But he felt that he wanted to spend the last years of his life with her, at least the, last, the next ten years before he would, you know, give it up in a sense. And it was pretty funny the episode. Do, uh, do
0: you feel like uh, Frank that maybe the United States is on a on the cusp of some sort of a, a sexual revolution uh, in in a way that we a differing way to look at sex as opposed to this sort of puritanical uh, belief system that
2: we've had know, up until I this do. point. I do, and I think the area of cultural studies over the last 20 years uh, sort of brings that to the forefront. When we look at gender studies, whether it's uh, heterosexual gender studies that have moved beyond zoology and biology into you know a more uh, sociological vein, yes, I, I think there's a tremendous uh, change regarding uh, even, you know, the concept of, of the individual and sexuality and the practice of sexuality. You
0: can certainly, you can certainly see it uh, over generation after generation. You know, Generation X, pretty sexualized, yes. uh, highly sexualized generation. I would say the upcoming generation, maybe even more so.
2: I think uh, you're right about that, because in a sense, you know, the eswan visionaries of the 1960s and 70s uh, sort of transformed American culture in California. And what we see now is, in fact... Even the, the constitution of the American family, uh, you know, it's very different from the 1950s and 60s. I mean, we're looking at, uh, families whereby, you know, 48% of the children under 18 are living in single family homes, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's with divorce or whatever. So, in a sense, you know, the breakdown of the patriarchal family is something that, that's been occurring over the last 20 years, but, I'm
0: I'm still concerned, though. I mean, I I I see the direction that the country's going in that it's certainly more highly sexualized but i'm also concerned that at the same time there's not enough information out there i think that a lot of people are sort of stumbling into sex they d- they were never taught anything by their parents and i think that that's why we're right seeing a lot that. of uh, stds i think that's why no. we're seeing a lot of sort of negative side effects of this
2: you may be right about that but if you look at the you know school curriculums in the grade schools and high schools from 1974 through the present, one area that they do cover is basically human reproduction with regard to the transmission of sexual diseases and things. But you know, it's interesting, the generation of seniors you're talking about never had that sex education in the school. That's true. They either had to learn it on their own or through their family or through their churches or whatever. So in a sense, uh, you know, there's kind of, uh, uh, you know, it really maybe would show that, uh, you know, people still have the... The uh, what is it? The German word for the uh, the spirit of Zeitgeist. Life. Not the Zeitgeist. No. That's the spirit of the age. Oh. But it would be more like a real kind of uh, uh, concept. Zeitgeist and, is one
0: of the only German words I know. That's why I threw it out there. No, because
2: what you're talking about is really a Zeitgeist for the new millennium. I mean, it's the uh, it's it, it represents a point in time. You know, a specific uh, point in time. Indeed, I hope that we can.
0: I hope that we can embrace human sexuality instead of what we've been doing, and that is trying to repress it. And Frank, thank you for the call. We certainly okay, appreciate God. it. You know, Frank is going to be one of the most well-educated people. He uh, is. He's a smart guy. <laughs> no one can argue with that. <laughs> he knows something about everything. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one packet. It's not eight. just knowing about it; it's delivery
1: too. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. you got to be able to deliver it in that fast, that special Frank fashion. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, uh, yes, if you've got comp- uh, comments on the sexuality of seniors or just Americans in general, where you think we're going down, uh, what road are we going down? Is it a dangerous one? Is it one that uh, we should have gone down maybe several decades ago? And uh, where do you think we're going to end up? 800-259-9231, or bring up whatever's on your mind, like Mike in Illinois on the Amplifier line. Hello, Mike. Hey, guys. Hey, guys.
3: Um, before I start, I just want to tell you I got my T-shirts and the bumper stickers in
0: there. Awesome. Excellent. Glad you are satisfied. We have yet to. We ours is sitting at the mailbox. We haven't gone to get it yet, so we're still waiting I to see what got it's on. My, I'm on my
3: way to a concert right now, and I can't wait to show it off.
0: Fantastic. What are you? Who are you going to see?
3: I'm going to see uh you'll probably laugh at me, but I'm going to see Bob Seeger in the silver bullet fan here in Chicago.
0: I don't know why I would laugh at that. He's a classic a classic <laughs> rocker, man. Bab.
3: I, I get I get lost that a lot though for going it, but I don't care I like it.
0: I, I don't make fun of other people for their musical choices. That's a silly thing to do. So what's on your mind tonight, Mike? He teases me. Don't
1: let him get away with that crap, let me tell you. Uh, yeah, the first thing he said when we got to town, he's like, hey, did you find yourself a soft A st- station yet? <laughs> it, was, it was like Ian's monthly zinger.
0: Well, that's because, uh, you know, your favorite artist is like a Sade or something like that. I am fond of Sade. Yeah. All right. So, Mike, what do you got, man? What's on your mind? because I'm a smooth operator. Um,
3: my, uh... I just found out uh, the other day that my brother, who is a teenager, is a high schooler at a private high school, had his car uh got to the school parking lot randomly sc- searched by with, with a drug dog. Apparently,
0: they bring this drug dog into this private school. Oh, no. And they go around, and they snipped out
3: his truck, and they went and got him in class and pulled him out there and had him open up his car and start searching uh-huh. around it. And I uh, was You know, that's bad enough. That can happen in private, public, or whatever. What I was surprised is that my dad was not made aware that they were even doing this.
0: Well, you said it was a private school. I want to get a little more detail from you, if you would. Hang on, all right? 800-259-9231. You know, I didn't, I mean, I suppose these things can happen at private schools. It's the first time I've heard of it. And I'm a little disappointed. And I hope his dad's disappointed as well. And I hope they do something about it. We'll find out here in a moment. 800-259-9231. You take control. It is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live 800-259-9231, the toll-free number for you. That's 800-259-9231, Packet 8-Line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at FreeTalkLive.com. All of the features on the site are free for you. The bulletin board system is included in that, and that's 140,000 posts for you to surf around through, as well as well, about 1,300 people interacting there. And there's various different topics to talk about, everything from serious issues to fun stuff you'll find it all bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com as we go back to the phones and back to the fun too. Mike in Illinois. Now, Mike, you said your little brother, I guess, goes to a private high school. And the police called him out of class so he could go and open up his truck so they could search it with a drug dog. That's correct.
3: The way he told me, I don't have all the total information. I'm still getting him to get information to get to me about why this happened, but what he told me, sitting in class, the principal, the headmaster at this high school, came and got him and told him, and told him that the, a drug dog had sniffed out his car after a presumed, you know, random check of cars out in the, out in the school parking
4: lot. Mm-hmm. Pulled
3: him out there, and they pulled him out here and had him open up his car and searched around in the car. Uh, uh, for drugs did they find anything? The no, they did not.
0: That's good. This is this is outrageous. Uh, now, you said, now, his dad, is he going to take any action on this, or does he support the police in this one?
3: His dad does not know about it yet, because I'm working with my brother on this to get more information. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do intend to tell him, because I, I as a parent, got to know this stuff, especially sending your kids to the private school, where you're hopefully, are, you think you wouldn't have
0: to deal with like that. And yeah, not if I was the parent in this particular case, I would uh, have a chat with whoever's in charge over there, the principal or headmaster, whatever they call them in the private schools, Dean, right. uh, I would have a chat with them and say, hey, look, man, uh, look, I'm not paying $3,000 or $4,000 right. a year. so you
1: can help the cops get um, give my kid a drug charge. Yeah. What the hell were That's you thinking crazy. about? That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, parents are parents are the best people qualified to be talk to be handling drug situations with their kids, to be punishing their kids. I mean, you know, if you punish your kid, you love them, you're going to give them meet out a punishment that's, uh, you know, that makes sense. Now. Sometimes kids are out of control and it make you know it's it's difficult, but it doesn't sound like your brother was out of control, and they should not have been helping the police in this
0: circumstance. Yeah, that's a real shame. I, I'm curious as to what's going to happen here. So uh, will you definitely keep us informed as to what goes down?
3: Absolutely. I'm uh, like I said, I I'm, I still need to talk to my brother because I want to write every single step that happened down from his point of view, and I've also got some questions I'd like him to get the courage to go ask these people, and I'm gonna. Uh, like I said if I if my stepdad doesn't pursue it I'm going to pursue it myself but uh, I
0: just well there's only so you know, much you can do you I aren't the one pa- d- you aren't yeah, the one paying the I, bill
3: I apologize I don't have all the details but I, ha- I had to get this
0: off my chest <laughs> I got you Mike thank you and let us know what happens and good luck thank you sir 800-259-9231 the packet 8 <laughs> free freeline one 1-800-259-9231 I would be outraged as a parent I, I'm, I'm somewhat outraged just being a talk show host yeah I mean <laughs>
1: God. What were they thinking? I mean, I understand, you know, well, we have to co- cooperate with the law enforcement officers and and. No, I don't think you do have to cooperate with the law enforcement well, officers. A lot of people feel that way. Mm-hmm. It's easier to cooperate with the law enforcement than to think for yourself. I see what you mean. And, uh, you know, people consider it that and, you know, drugs are bad and all that other stuff. But uh, whoever made that decision, maybe they deserve one time to make a mistake. Mm hmm. But Never again. But they need to really think about this. Yeah. What you did was you just gave the police, or you know, you just about turned over your client to the law enforcement, um, to law enforcement over some stupid crap that should be handled by their
0: family. Absolutely. And if the cops have found. You, if you
1: want to hire a drug dog to come to your school and sniff around in your parking lot, fine and dandy. But. Bringing law enforcement in there and getting ready to ruin people's lives over this crap?
0: No. Right. Because I want not to send my, my money. I want to send my kids there to learn, not have a shakedown. Yeah. Which is what that was. Um, he should have been in class and stayed in class, not been called out, so he could have opened up the vehicle for these cops to run a dog through his car. What an embarrassing uh, situation. Right. I mean, and and pointless. 800-259-9231. Well, the point would have been to catch the kids, and they probably caught some of them. I mean, I've known people at private schools, and there's a high incidence of drug use, just like there is at any other school. But they probably caught somebody, and in which case, they were not going. I doubt it, if the cops were on the scene, that they were just going to give them a warning and call Mommy and Daddy. They, those kids would have gone out of the school with hand, in yeah. handcuffs.
1: Oh, there wasn't going to be a warning? Heck No! I mean, these cops, were, these cops are not hanging around here at this school, running a drug dog through so that they can shake their finger and tell those bad little boys that they shouldn't be having drugs in their car.
0: Speaking of drugs and the cops, we've got an update on the 92-year-old woman that was shot to death by the police. A disturbing update. That's coming up, at first to Chris in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Chris.
5: Uh, hey, guys. Hey, what's hey, on man. your mind?
6: Um, You know, on that last caller there about... The school, you know, when I was in high school, um, to be able to drive your car to school and park in the lot, you had to have a sticker. And when you had that sticker, you signed a document that said your car was available for any types of searches. And, right. You know, same with your lockers.
0: This is expected at a government school. I mean, when you're going to the government school, you, you essentially have to bend over for whatever silly rules they have. But this wasn't government school.
6: Right. Well, you know, I'm sure they got the cops around and... I, I I would imagine if you ask the majority of the parents of those students, they would want, you know, anti drug enforcement
0: maybe going
6: on there to keep. I think well, I
1: think, so, that, I I think that parents, if you ask them, um, do you want the other kids um, sh- shaken down? Sure, they're going to say that. But um, when you start asking them, hey, do you want your kid shaken down? Do you want your kid to have the chance of going to jail? Because if we don't. If we do it to your kid, we ha- we can do it to all the rest of
0: the kids, but we can't do it to the rest of the kids unless we do it to your kid. Right. Well, it's a different question to ask a parent, uh, look, uh, ma'am, would you like us to uh, check your kids' drugs? Or, ma'am, would you like us to have your children arrested for drugs?
6: <laughs> right, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And then it goes back to the ridiculous argument if you have nothing to hide, then why should you be worried about anything? Sure. Right? So. Anyway, I, I wanted to talk about driving under the influence mm-hmm. of uh, you name it, whatever. I'm wondering what you guys feel about that legally and criminally. Like, I, I guess it it stems from, Ian, you made a comment last week that you don't think kids should take LSD and go out driving. And I tend to agree with you, but should that be enforced criminally?
0: I think that it's silly to enforce specific chemicals being in one's body while uh, while behind the wheel I think that if somebody's in danger if you're driving dangerously, that should be the issue. I don't think it should matter if you're on alcohol or on uh, LSD or just tired. I mean, a lot of people, DWT, driving while tired, there's no charge for that, but it absolutely will put you in severe danger of an accident.
1: I think that this is one of the biggest issues that marijuana has to overcome in order to get legalized. Um, essentially, right now, you can't figure out whether somebody is stoned or not. Um, not not. Con- conclusively, you I can tell you whether they are in some cases, but uh, you know it, not conclusively and, and until they can you know have a at the very least some kind of roadside test for whether or not somebody's um, stoned or
0: not but that 's not what we want mark that's not a road we want to go down. we don't want to make it so Look, okay it's illegal to drive while stoned it's illegal to drive while high it's illegal to drive, et cetera, because then you have to have these inv- invasive tests. Go on the facts. And the fact the fact would be, this person was weaving between the lanes. This person was driving very dangerously. That's all you should need. That's, that should be it. Chris, how do you feel?
6: Well, I feel that I can get plastered and drive just fine. But the only reason I don't is because of the harsh penalties I may face. But then again, I don't want to be on roads filled with intoxicated people. I concur. But if there was if there was
0: a harsh penalty for driving dangerously, that should handle the problem.
6: Well, like if your cell phone rings or you're flipping with the radio, you should... Uh...
0: If you're driving dangerously, I mean... <laughs> that should be the issue, right? Thanks, I mean, just, the, the thanks pellet... for the call, man. 800-259-9231. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves, toll-free, 800-259-9231. The packet eight toll-free lines. That's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there. They're completely free. Great way to support the show is to buy some Free Talk Live stuff. Head over to store.freetalklive.com and do some shopping. We've got Free Talk Live branded uh, shirts and uh, we've got hats, a variety of hats. Not just one type, but I think three different types of hats there, including uh, like one of those beanie cap things. Yeah, scully. Which we've yet to see. Uh, We've actually gotten a couple calls now from people, or I think we've got one call. I've gotten a few instant messages from people just raving about the quality of these items. We expected them to be very high quality. We hadn't actually seen them yet, so we sort of were crossing our fingers on it, but it turned out really, really well from what we've heard. Now, Mark, you and I have yet to, to see it. Hopefully, we'll have ours by tomorrow night. Yeah, I was supposed to bring them here, but uh, I got kind of sidetracked and You forgot. just didn't pick up the package, so it's not, like you ha- it's not like you've seen them and I haven't. We just, no. neither of us, were in the dark. But the, they're still there. You can buy them, store.freetalklive.com. We've also got other cool stuff like the uh, Free Talk Live Free Marketeer flag, uh, plus the DVD arc archive collections of free talk live episodes from way way back it's all there at store.freetalklive.com let's talk to kevin in utah you're on free talk live with you and mark hello kevin kevin in utah kevin going once kevin going twice. hello kevin how you doing good what's on your mind sir
3: uh i was just wondering if i could see your guys uh shoulder lane
0: what's that mean shoulder lane shoulder lane what does that mean? I have no idea. Have what you he ever heard that about. before? No. We have to hit the, hit the Urban Dictionary on that one. Let's find out I'm what sure. I am sure. I'm not even sure I have uh, It sounds sexual. We'll I, I, find out. Are you sure you have the spelling of that right? I don't know. Uh, shoulder lane? That's what the board op wrote. Shoulder lane. Okay. Anyway, 800-259-9231, according to TheAgitator.com, Radley Balco reporting on the 88-year-old woman. She was 92 when she was killed, but now apparently she's 88 uh, somebody got their facts wrong somewhere. Now, I guess she's really 88. Anyway, you heard the story last week. Okay. We reported on it. A woman between the ages of 88 and 92 was shot and killed by the police during a drug raid. Now, the police claimed up and down that this was the right house, even though they didn't find anything more than uh, you know a couple grams of marijuana or something like that. And this old lady's dead. Three cops were shot. She managed to shoot three cops before they took her out. And the police are outraged. And the people are outraged. But what's the real story here? Is there some facts that might have gone missing? As it turns out, there is. Or there are. The confidential informant, according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, on whose word Atlanta police raided the house of an 88-year-old woman, is now saying that he never purchased drugs from her house and was told by police to lie and say that he did. Police Chief Richard Pennington said in a press conference Monday evening, said his department learned two days ago that the informant who'd been used reliably in the past by the narcotics unit denied providing information to officers about a drug deal at uh, the location in northwest Atlanta. Quote, the informant said he had no knowledge of going into that house and purchasing drugs, said Pennington. We don't know if he's telling the truth. The search warrant used by the Atlanta police to raid the house says that a confidential informant had bought crack cocaine at the residence using $50 in city funds several hours before the raid. In the document, officers said that the informant had told them the house had surveillance cameras and that the suspected drug dealer called Sam monitored those. Now, Sam was not present at the house when the raid went down. Just this old lady. Okay. Pennington on Monday evening said the informant told the Internal Affairs Unit that he did not tell officers that the house had surveillance equipment and that he was asked to lie. Now, Mr. Balco's comment. So, uh, do you understand what's happened here yet, Mark? The police claimed that they raided this woman's house on a legitimate warrant, Uh which was gleaned by the claim that they had uh, had this informant go there and buy drugs. Mm -hmm. Now, the informant is saying, I never did that. And the police asked me to lie for them. Oh, my. Not sure why her age changed, says Mr. Balco, but that's sort of besides the point. At this point, Atlanta police have no good options. They're screwed. Attack the informant's credibility, and you admit that you conducted a high-risk, forced entry raid based entirely upon a tip from an informant that you now say is unreliable. You admit you did no corroborating investigation. You admit you didn't even send an officer to check to see if the informant was right about, for example, an external surveillance system. And all of this ineptitude led to the death of an innocent woman, not to mention to three officers getting wounded. And that's if the guy's lying about the cover-up. If he's telling the truth about the police asking him to lie. Now you're talking about a major league S-storm. If this guy's telling the truth, not only did the officers originally investigating this case lie... But the officers investigating after the shooting then lied to cover it up. That means you not only have corruption problems with your narcotics officers, but you also have corruption problems with your internal affairs unit, the cops who are supposed to be charged with investigating other officers. Well, we've heard charges that
1: there's just whole departments that
0: are just messed up. At the risk of sounding like an arrogant bastard at this point, every assumption I made about this case at the outset has proven correct, and then some. But I didn't predict that there would be problems with the informant, that Johnston was innocent, and that the police would cover up their mistakes because I harbor particular resentment for police or because I have some soft prognosticating superpower. I predicted these things because they fit the same pattern that I've observed in researching hundreds of these raids gone wrong. The pattern extends from shortcuts in pre-raid investigation, to the post-raid butt covering, to the bunkering down and lack of transparency, to the tendency of police officers to look after their own, even when fellow officers' mistakes led to the death of an innocent person. I'll continue to offer my praise for Chief Pennington, who seems to be cleaning up the mess his subordinates created in his absence. Of course, that may have something to do with the fact that unlike the officers who work for him... Pennington faces some genuine accountability when it comes to how he does his job. Because he's an elected official? Uh, he's probably appointed, but it's closer than any of the other guys. Mm-hmm. We only know about Catherine Johnston because she had the audacity to defend her home against intruders. If this had been a conventional wrong door raid and she'd survived, I doubt we'd have even read about it. Powerless people like Catherine Johnston tend to be too embarrassed, frightened, or intimidated to come forward. We've seen this time and time again. After botched raid captures the media attention, dozens of people who've been similarly victimized then come forward to say that the same thing happened to them. Sure. They were just too fearful or intimidated to say anything. And I can imagine how intimidated you'd be after an encounter like that with the police. Yeah, once there's a huge story that breaks, then you have the opportunity to sort of hide behind that and bolster the story. Yeah, It happened after the Spiral raid, it happened after the Asseline Williams raid, raid, and it happened after the Ismail Mina raid. By conservative estimates, there are about 110 of these types of raids per day in America. The vast majority are for drug crimes. Think this was the only one conducted after shoddy police work? Think this was the only one conducted based solely upon the word of an informant? Think it's a pure coincidence that in the one one raid that made national attention this week, we now learn that something went severely wrong in the investigation that led to it? Of course not. This is standard operating procedure. This is the way it's done in a huge number of jurisdictions across the country. Not all, but far too many. I've had police officers tell me raids are never launched based solely on the word of the informant. But this one was. I've had police officers tell me there's always extensive corroborating investigation to verify the address, house, and suspect. But not this time. I've had police officers tell me paramilitary raids are only conducted when the suspect is extremely dangerous and has a history of violent behavior. Sure,
1: that's what that, that's the whole idea. And, you know, that seems like the most logical um, use of a paramilitary if raid. If you
0: know he's armed and dangerous, etc.
1: But it it logically will then go to, well, we don't know that he's not armed and dangerous, so let's do it. That's and, how it goes. You know, it it just seems to me like a big waste of time... In order and to, do, life. to do these, yeah, and life to do these things because can't you just stake out a place and, and say, all right, Ian, we know you're in there, come on out. Well, the purpose of these, um, these these raids is obviously to catch people with drugs. Mm-hmm. I can't
0: imagine any other purpose of them. Purpose for them? I think they're to scare people too. Well, that not, too, but not this time. I've had police officers tell me that they only target big suppliers with these raids, not small-time dealers or users. Again, that wasn't the case here either. I find it hard to believe that the only time these uh, shortcuts have been used are in those raids that we read about in the newspaper, where an innocent person dies. These assaults on people's homes are high stakes and have an extremely thin margin of error. Couple that with the inherent shortcomings of relying on shady informants, a critical tool in drug policing, and you get a recipe for hundreds of innocent people wrongly terrorized and dozens more who end up dead. By my count, Catherine Johnston is number 41. Throw in nonviolent offenders, and she's number 61 at least. And I'm sure I haven't even found all of those cases. Now, Radley Balco, uh, in case you don't know, at theagitator.com, he has sort of coalesced all of these incidents that we know about, at least, of police raids gone wrong, botched, people getting shot, people dying, or just a botched police raid, and he's sort of created this frapper map, this internet map that you can go and look at, and you can see how widespread this problem really is. Really, it's just a roll of the dice as to whether or not they're going to end up busting through your door next. 800 259 I'm sure this lady
1: didn't expect that to happen to her. Heck
0: no, she didn't. She thought it was a group of criminals coming in. If you were 90 years old and you heard somebody busting into your door and you had a revolver next to you, what would you do? I, I would think you would come up smoking. Hour two's on the way. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll free. Bring up whatever's on your mind. as we kick off hour number two, the Thursday edition. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. The Packet 8 toll-free line again is 1-800-259-9231 and anything goes. You can, of course, join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Everything on the site is completely free, so enjoy that. It is, again, freetalklive.com. Video games are in the news again. And I predict that they'll continue to be in the news as more kids get arrested for whatever crime it is they're committing, and point to the video games. Grand Theft Auto made me do it. I'm not in control of my actions. Take-Two Interactive is in control of my actions. <laughs> I'm being mind-controlled by the video games. Well, it's happening, and these, the cases have come up and they've been thrown out. The, the, it's happened again and again where a, a kid will murder somebody or cause some or shoot up some cars or whatever. Were there and, some
1: movies that they were blaming it on, too? Uh, Boys in the Hood, wasn't that name? Um, that would have been in the 90s, yeah. It yeah, yeah.
0: seemed like that was blamed for something or other. Well, the cases get thrown out, and the judges usually say something like, well, there's no evidence that these games caused this problem, so I'm afraid I'm going to have to throw this out. Well, there's no evidence. Well, what do you think they're waiting for? Just evidence. The evidence.
1: Yeah. Some 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 kind of study that they really can conclusively point to.
0: Now, the we had uh, heard we had reported news that Hillary Clinton has, I guess, uh, approved like a 90 million dollar study for the Centers for Disease Control. I don't know. She was involved. I don't know if she was the final arbiter or whatever. But somehow they've they've got a government study going on about violence in video games. Now, we're waiting for that. That hasn't come out yet, but as you might guess, it's probably going to back up exactly what the government wants, and that is the ability to control the video game market even more so than they than they do. They right. don't really I mean, you right know now. when
1: does when does the government ever say, well, it looks like you know there, there might be some problems in this
0: arena, but we think that the free market can handle it. When do they Never. say that? Why would they say that? They don't. And that what they have done in the past in the video game controversies of the uh, the video game controversy of the early '90s with Night Trap and Mortal Kombat, they essentially said, "You better regulate yourself, or we're going to do it for you." That was sort of them saying, "We'll let the market work," but it was actually a threat. I mean, that's as close as it comes ever. Is, is that sort of threatening? You better do something about this, or we're going to step in. Essentially saying, if you don't do anything, we're going to step in. So it's really, it really is a threat, just an out-and-out threat. And now they're, t- now they're looking for more reasons to step in. They want to have something so-called scientific behind them. And this may be their first piece. Chicago, Reuters. Teens who play violent video games show increased activity in areas of the brain linked to emotional arousal and decreased responses in regions that govern self-control. A study released on Tuesday found... The study used functional magnetic resonance imaging to record tiny uh, metabolic changes in brain activity in 44 adolescents who were asked to perform a series of tasks after playing either a violent or nonviolent video games for 30 minutes. The children with no history of behavior problems ranged in age from 13 to 17. Half of them played the teen-rated first-person shooter game called Medal of Honor Frontline involving military combat, while the other group played a non-violent game called Need for Speed Underground. Those who played the violent video game showed more activation in the amygdala. Amy, I don't know how you pronounce that. Amygdala? The um, amygdala. That's what it is. Okay. Amygdala. It sounded brain like. Which is involved in emotional arousal and less activation in the prefrontal portions of the brain associated with control, focus, and concentration than the teens who played the nonviolent game. Quote Our study suggests that playing a certain type of violent video game may have different short-term effects on brain function than playing a non-violent but exciting game, according to the professor of radiology at the Indiana University School of Medicine. After playing the games, the children then completed tasks requiring concentration and processing of emotional stimuli while their brain activity was being scanned. Alterations in brain function reflecting changes in blood flow appeared as brightly colored areas on the magnetic resonance images. Well, what we showed here, or there, or what we showed is there's an increase in emotional arousal. The fight-or-flight response is activated after p- playing a violent video game. Does this seem like a stretch to you, Mark? Well, it, does it... How many times have you certain put down A amount of control? adrenaline, sort of? Uh, maybe. They're saying fight-or-flight. Well, that's what adrenaline's all about, fight-or-flight. Okay. But there's not actually a f- fight or flight is only supposed to activate when you're actually being threatened. I I would say that there's a certain level of
1: it. Um, you know, sure. I've been very excited playing video games. I mean, I've been through a rough spot mm-hmm. and uh, my heartbeats uh, increased. Um, I've been my muscles have tensed. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's things like that. I've also been that felt that way in movies too.
0: Ah, maybe that's where they're gonna go next. Mm. After we've shut down violent video games, we can shut down violent movies too. Yep. The findings were presented at a meeting of the Radiological Society of North America. The $13 billion U.S. video game industry with revenue rivaling Hollywood box office sales is at the center of a cultural battle over violent content. Lawmakers' various attempts to ban the sale of violent video games to children have been blocked by courts in Louisiana, Illinois, California, Michigan, and Minnesota. Uh, Video games with a T rating for teen are considered suitable for ages 13 or older. They may contain violent content, strong language, or suggestive themes. Numerous uh, behavioral or cognitive studies have linked exposure to violent media and aggressive behavior. Now, researchers using advanced imaging technology to scan the brain for clues to whether violent video games causes an increase in aggression. The study author says he hopes to conduct additional studies on the long-term effects of brain function of exposure to violent video games. Now the government's not going to wait for all of the other studies to be conducted. They're going to take as much of the, they're going to take as little of the studies as they can and apply them in a very negative fashion towards this industry. All they really need is one or two studies to say that well violent video games increases the probab- probability that children will be violent. And that's all they're going to need. That's all they're going to need to create some new bureaucracy to regulate, uh, to regulate video games. To, to say, no, you can't produce games that are of mature content. Or, if you can produce them, you're only allowed to sell them to somebody that shows an identification card, proving they do, that they're they over the age of 18. Absolutely. Right. And these are going to be the first steps in the line of many steps of government regulation of video games. And it's very disturbing to me. It's been disturbing to me, having been grown up, uh, growing up around violent video games, playing a very large share of them myself. Right. I mean, if you
1: think about it, right now, kids can pretty much buy any violent video game they want to. Yep. Is the world really in chaos? Do we need the government stepping in here? I don't think we do. I think there's stores out there that just simply won't carry the M for mature video games. I think that they won't sell them to kids. There aren't
0: many stores like that.
1: There aren't many stores that won't carry the M? Heck no. I would have guessed that Walmart... If I was
0: running a store, I'd be carrying
1: M games. Walmart carries M games. Do they? Well, I'm surprised they won't carry anything else that's sort of mature and Hmm. adult-oriented. I I don't know. It doesn't seem to me like it's that big of a deal. No, it's not. It's not a a big deal. A kid can see Jason, you know, whacking the head off of things... Why does the video game matter?
0: It's amazing, Mark, and uh, we're going down a very scary path. I believe you have some uh, video game news as well. Mm -hmm. Would you like to hear it? Yeah. Okay. Um, Appeals court upholds unconstitutionality of Illinois video
1: game law, um, reported by Eric Bagman. The Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals has upheld a district court judge's ruling that the Illinois law uh, restricting the sale of violent video games to minors is unconstitutional. Passed despite one, yes, d- despite widespread concerns over its constitution- constitutionality, the law would have used its own criteria rather than the ESRB ratings to determine whether a game would be sold to minors. After a ju- after Judge Matthew Kelly, um, Kennelly struck struck the law down, J- Governor oh my God, Blagovich? yeah, Governor um, Rod. It doesn't say his first name. Oh, okay. His first name's Rod. Rod Blagovich. Okay. Uh, Directed the state to file an appeal that uh, covered only the portion of the legislation dealing with sexually explicit content, giving in on the area of the law covering violent content, Mm -hmm. which I think is interesting. It's very typically American. Um, it's typically American, you know. It comes down to the, the sex. Oh my God, we can't have that. But severed
0: know, heads, that's okay. Fine. Sex, no, no.
1: <laughs> the appeals court found that this portion
0: of law unconstitutional
1: as well, using an example of from God of War. Eight hundred
0: two five nine ninety two thirty one. So that's the good news. And uh, I don't know if there's more on that. We'll find out. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Do you think that violent video games should be regulated by the government? If so, I really want to hear from you. Please explain to me. 800-259-9231, your show. You take control. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231, the packet eight toll-free lines. That's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The Shrine of Female listeners awaits you. Dozens and dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. Again, shrine.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project's First 1000 Pledge. Are you just going to talk about freedom or are you going to start living it now? Learn how the First 1000 Pledge can make it happen today at freestateproject.org. That's free State Project. Dot org. Now, Mark, did you have any uh, more on this uh, overturn- court overturning the Illinois video game ban? Uh, yeah, the article does go on. Um, if I uh... Essentially, what happened was uh, Illinois created some sort of re- restrictions, and I don't recall exactly what it was. I think it had to do with selling them to minors. Uh, but then it was challenged in court, uh, overturned, the, the state appealed, and now the appeals court has upheld the overturning of the law. As unconstitutional, right, because the Illinois uh, law potentially criminalized the uh,
1: sale of any game that featured exposed breasts without concern for the game, considering considered in its entirety for the uh, game's social value for minors distribution of God of War is potentially illegal in spite of the fact that the game tracks the homework of ev- epics in content and theme, so because they're um, you know based on Hercules and uh, Pericles and you know. So Agon there's, there's breasts in God
0: of War? Is that the allegation? I,
1: I'm sure there are, but uh, it makes, sort of makes some sense, too. Because of Greek well, gods and that sort of thing? Right.
0: You know, they, they they
1: have more... Uh, Didn't have a lot of clothes back then, I guess. Right. They have more value than do a, a, a modern-day story. It's hmm. also... Uh, let's see. Um, it's also found unconstitutional law's requirement that sexually explicit games carry a four-inch sticker with the number 18 on it, noting that... <laughs> At four um, square inches, the 18 sticker literally fails to be narrowly tailored. The sticker covers a substantial portion of the box. The court also ruled that the uh, presence of the sticker combined with the SRB's rating would communicate the endorsement of the SRB of the state's labeling scheme. After the... ESA prevailed uh, in uh, district court. It asked uh, the court to order the state to foot its legal bills. The court agreed awarding the ESA over uh, a half a million dollars in attorney's fees. By the
0: way, if I was uh, 14 again and I was in a video game store and there were big pink labels with the number 18 on them covering up a video game box, I'm going to make a beeline right for that game to see what it is. Yeah. Because I want to know what it is that's uh, so special that they had to put a big label on. Sure, it's on got to it. have special advertising. Yeah, on it. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to cover it up. So I want to know what's underneath, right? Is all you have to do is see where the boys are going at the magazine
1: rack to mm-hmm. know where, yeah, the adult magazines are. It's very simple. Um, anyway,
0: the- are there any quotes from the governor or anything like that as to uh, how angry they are that the, their law was overturned? No,
1: it really doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't have any good juicy stuff like mm-hmm. that. But it does say that the state is not doing a very good job of paying up their uh, uh, attorneys' fees. Course. Wait, the
0: state isn't paying their attorneys? The, the, the,
1: pay, the state um, is failing to pay the attorney's fees of the uh, winning um,
0: Oh, I see. As part of the settlement. Right. Got it. What do you know? You yeah. mean the state doesn't have to pay uh, attorney's fees? You mean even when the, the men in black, the robed men, the judges, actually make a determination that the state must pay up, they can still just shrug their shoulders and say, eh,
1: when we're ready. Yeah, whenever we feel like it. Amazing. Yeah, they keep doing it one
0: 800 I don't expect to actually hear from anybody that believes in a video game ban, but it's possible there's somebody out there. It's so disturbing, because it's going to be coming soon. As games become more and more realistic, and they're pretty much to the point of being photorealistic almost at this point. Almost. As games become more realistic, and the violence becomes more realistic, uh, it's going to continue to be an issue. It was an issue back when it was not even close to realistic in the early 90s. And the politicians are going to grandstand on this. The Democrats are the ones that are leading the fight on this one, well, and of course the Republicans are backing them up. But you say, "Well, it's uh, Lieberman and uh, not Hillary even, Clinton." Not even anymore. They're not. They're not they pushing. are the two big proponents of video game controls in America. It's true. Okay. Uh, Lieberman started it back in the early nineties, and Hillary Clinton's continuing it today. And Lieberman was reelected, so he'll probably be rattling the uh, video game band saber here pretty soon as well. And it's just all bad news. It's all bad news for freedom in America. Because if you aren't free to program a violent or sexy video game, then you're just not a free person, are you? And, of course, it's ludicrous to believe that if these bans come into effect, that it will stop the production of these games. It won't. It'll just make it so it'll be more difficult to get. It'll go underground. People will start to... Kids will be selling the games uh, at school. Somebody will go uh, across state lines to a state where they're not illegal, buy, uh, you know, 50-pack of games, bring it back to the school, and someone else, they'll just sell them. Yeah. Underground video happen. game sales.
1: If Somebody's brother is going to go and get a whole bunch of them. Right. I mean, it's, it, it's absurd. And it's not like even liquor, you know? <laughs> liquor, you could get you sick. Know, it's, it's, there's a lot of it. You can get caught, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. In this case, it's small. It's yeah. gonna get. They're gonna get passed around. Moms and dads aren't gonna know what these things are. They're gonna be in uh, cases that don't have the uh, advertisement on the front. Or... Copies
0: are gonna get ripped to the internet. Uh, gonna be distributed that way. Mm-hmm. Good luck, government. We'll see what happens here. Eight
1: hundred two five nine ninety two three one. Then what they're gonna do? They're just gonna make it illegal to make violent video games entirely.
0: Well, since we're talking about uh, video games, and it certainly it seems to me it seems to me at least to be a First Amendment issue in that freedom of speech, uh, freedom to code. That's essentially what video games are, is somebody typing something into a a programming console. You you open up uh, whatever programming language you're using, and you're typing stuff. So, essentially, it's it's a freedom of speech issue, but there are some politicians that aren't too cool with this freedom of speech idea. One of them included is Newt Gingrich. You remember him. He was really popular in the late 1990s, or mid to late 1990s, uh, in Congress. He was the Speaker of the House, I believe, at the time. And now he's back talking about possibly running for president and also talking about some severe controls on the First Amendment. Yeah, I was I was kind of excited about Newt running
1: maybe a year ago when I first started thinking about it, because Newt really is the reason that I started liking politics and the Republican Party and the ideas of small government and all the things that were promised to us with the contract with America. I really liked Newt. And I thought, hmm, you know, I could very well. See myself voting for Newt when he ran for president. Not after what I've heard yesterday.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll clue you in on that here in a moment. But first to the phones to the fun, Gene, the Christian anarchist. You're on Free Talk Live with the End of Mark. Hello, Gene. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind?
7: Oh, I want to rant a little Please. about uh, about something I hate around here, and that's the gang problem in this country. The gangs are getting so out of hand.
0: Are you talking about uh, gangs uh, like the Crips and the Bloods, or like the LAPD?
7: Well. You just blew my whole thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we'll we'll pretend I I didn't say that. I had this whole
7: rant going to go about the grings and how they drive these special cars. You know, you can tell who they are by their clothing and their talk and the cars they drive.
4: They
7: they, do wear identifying marks. They have, and all that. And then I was, of course, going to lead into saying, you know, it's the cops. But, yeah, it's... The cops are the ones. Now you blew my whole thing. <laughs> Sorry
0: about that, Gene. We've been sort of focused on the police all week long here. Um, <laughs> now, I, I see where you're going with that, and, and it's an excellent point. But what would you say to the police that would inevitably, if they were listening and, and responding here tonight, inevitably would say, well, oh, I'm not a bad guy. I'm I'm here to help people.
7: Well, they helped me get a speeding ticket the other day when I wasn't hurting anybody. You know, there, there used to be that... You weren't guilty of a crime unless you hurt somebody. Now the state claims that they can be hurt. The state can't be hurt because they're a fiction.
0: That's true. The state's an imaginary entity, and uh, it's outrageous to believe that there could possibly be a crime against it. Gene, if you got more, hang on. 800-259-9231. Your show, you take control of the airwaves. In fact, I got a blog post by one of our listeners called Why I Hate Cops. Or on the way, it's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You take control. Bring up anything. 800 259 9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark? That's the Packet at 8 Toll Free Line. 1 800 259 9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site, we give them away, and that does include the archives an entire year's worth of the show right there front page of the site easily downloadable for your convenience enjoy them for free at freetalklive.com as we go back to Gene the Christian Anarchist you're back on Free talk Live with Ian and Mark Gene I wasn't sure if you had more but I, I'm presuming you do since you held on so patiently
7: yes I do uh, we'll talk a little more about my ticket uh, but I, I did want to touch on the fact that uh, they don't have any legitimate authority and anybody who's read any of the stuff that I've written online will understand where I'm coming from there. Well,
0: maybe uh, you can help people that aren't mm -hmm. reading your website uh, understand how it is. I mean, because that's a pretty brash... uh, In this day and age, most Americans, when hearing a claim like that, would uh, would consider that a brash claim. How is it that you can say that the police don't have legitimate authority? They certainly believe they do.
7: They do believe they do, and most people believe they do. But when you look at the... uh, when you, when you tear it down to the basic concept of one man doesn't have authority over another man, I don't have authority over you.
0: Isn't it possible that they were born with more authority than you, Gene?
7: <laughs> well, they believe that, I think. <laughs> but since I don't have authority over you, then neither can I delegate the authority to somebody else to have authority over you. Neither can a bunch of us delegate authority to some person in a blue uniform to have authority over you. It, just, it doesn't follow the premise of all men being created equal if you believe that and those are the founding you know the the so-called founding words of this country that supposedly we all hold so dear mm-hmm. if you actually believe that then you cannot possibly believe that those people have authority to throw you in jail or taser you or shoot you in the back when you run from them or or uh shoot at you when they're breaking down the door to your house and you and you're trying to defend yourself you know they they just don't have that authority but um uh, to my ticket the other day, I was driving home, and I was going a little fast. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Anyway, um, the cop pulled me over, and I just kind of waited to see if he was going to give me a ticket. Sure enough, after he comes back, you know, with my driver's license, says he's going to give me a ticket, I said, well, I make it a policy to fight all, all uh, traffic tickets. Mm-hmm. I said, uh, so I need to go back and look at your radar gun, because I've fought two tickets in the past, and I won one and lost one. I figure that's as good as better than most most attorneys. Probably. Anyway, um, he wouldn't let me go back and look at his look at the ra- laser gun and all. I mean the radar gun. The cops have always let me go back and look at the radar gun. Huh. I, I'm requ- I need to go back and look at the radar gun because I need to get the serial number off it, and I, so I so I can verify that the thing was properly calibrated, that the officer was properly trained in its use, and so on and so forth. So that's an, a new. Uh, argument that I'll be able to use against them is that he wasn't—he would not allow me to go look at that radar right gun.
1: I mean what, what I would imagine what his thought process was is I don't know what he's looking for but I'm the government and I can tell you what um, what you can do and what you can't do so no you may not look it's the same reason that they probably I would imagine they don't answer questions of from reporters and, and those sorts of things but
0: well, I think it's good that you've actually had experience where you've been allowed to go there in the past that way you can claim that you know this wasn't unusual you've been, done this before but yet this guy wouldn't let you
7: yeah, he, he's uh, you know they're getting the mentality now. I've watched this evolve over the years since I was a boy in the 50s and 60s to these cops where they used to be public servants and now they're law enforcement mm-hmm. officers. There's a big difference, you know. They Gene,
0: be- um, I don't know if you listened to the Monday night show yet, uh, but I, I think you're going to find it really interesting. Have you heard that one yet? Not yet. Oh yeah, we had uh, we had a bit of an, an interesting conflict over at the law enforcement forums, uh, lawenforcementforums.com where some of our listeners had gone over there, stirred it up a little bit. Uh, They ended up calling in. We had essentially just a three-hour show uh, with mostly calls from law enforcement officers, essentially putting forth the tired old argument of, well, you know, we're in charge, uh, we're enforcing the law, and the law is the end-all be-all. It's not about helping people anymore, Gene. It's about enforcing the law. It doesn't matter if the law hurts people.
7: I typically do download those, and so I'll uh, go get those and and listen to
0: them. Great. Hey, let us know what happens with your fighting this ticket. Let us know how this pans out.
7: Okay, my court date isn't until January 11th. So We'll still be here then.
0: Thanks, Gene. Talk to you later. 800-259-9231. Toll free. They probably take the whole month
1: of December off anyway.
0: I had a a couple of my friends here in Keene. They stopped by last night. They apparently were out driving, and a cop pulled them over, um, I guess out on the, the state roads, they apparently dealt dealt with the cop through a crack in their uh, in their window. I wonder how that went. Apparently it went for, uh, pretty smoothly. All they got was a warning for having their light out, uh, their um their license plate lights, one of their license plate lights was huh. out. So even I though they I got stopped last night too. Even though they cracked the window, that didn't irritate the cop enough at least around here to where he took it to the next level. So Very what happened interesting.
1: with you? Um I just got pulled over I uh, was apparently going uh so the cop claims, and I really believe that I looked at my speedometer, and I saw 34 miles an hour in a 30-mile-an-hour zone. Mm-hmm. But uh, the cop claims that I was going 44 miles an hour. An did hour. you get a ticket? No. Nope. Got a warning. Did you have, didn't you have? did you have the, uh, s- uh, the sp- uh, speed checker thing? I did, uh, and that's the reason I, I heard the thing go off, and right. I, I feel like I looked at my speedometer and saw 34. Huh. Um, he got you, though, huh? she, uh, she said that... Uh, that I was going 44, and I said I think there's really something wrong with the radar gun. She, um, after after she brought back the uh, warning, I, mm-hmm. I spent some time talking to her. Um, obviously, at that point, you know, all the all the stuff's removed from it. Who cares? I mean, yeah, I, I could say, ah, oh, yeah, I was speeding. Thanks for the ticket, whatever um, for <laughs> the uh, the warning. And she said that uh, the radar guns, they tune them every evening or every time they get in, hmm. uh, based on a tuning fork, they've got a 30-mile-an-hour and a 60-mile-an-hour tuning fork, okay. which I love the idea that our town doesn't have uh, this LiDAR, that they're all running on radar guns, because then you know, it gives me a little bit of information. LiDAR? is lasers. Oh, I the, thought
0: it's where they lie to you about the fact that you were speeding. No. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of the police, uh, from one of our listeners, Syndicate23, he writes in his blog, Why I Hate Cops. He says, I hate cops. No, I don't just dislike them, I hate them. Cops are violent thugs who like to push people around. Cops are generally less intelligent than the general populace. Cops don't think for themselves. They blindly enforce laws without principle. Cops are corrupt people who use their positions of power to benefit them personally. And he's being very general here. Yeah, really, really general. There are exceptions, of course, to the things that he's claiming, but I'm reading this because it's one man's opinion. And I think it's important, especially for the law, our new law enforcement officers out there, to understand how it is that people come to these conclusions. How it is that the average Americans—and these are average Americans. This guy is a thirty-something computer programmer from the Midwest, uh, very average-sounding job. Yeah. Right. How it is that average Americans can come to uh, th- these concepts? Anyway, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Are, are, are we going to be labeled
1: with uh, big brushes um, that you know just malcontents? I don't feel like I'm a malcontent I don't
0: feel like this guy does this sounds like the uh the extreme He's end. very extreme, but um, he says uh cops go around ruining people's lives that we're not harming anyone else. they use their power to help their friends and hurt their enemies they endanger the lives of innocent citizens in their overzealous attempts to enforce well, I'd the say law cops are kind of like politician light mm I don't know what you mean
1: by that well they you know they, politicians do exactly the same sorts of things um I'd say po-
0: cops are like the ex- the armed extensions of politicians. Yeah, politicians have- don't have the, the uh, balls to go out and do what the cops do. They just write, a, write down a bunch of rules, and the cops follow them. Okay. Uh, anyway, finally, cops, he says, are funded by force, which in itself is enough reason to dislike the police. He says, I hate cops, and these are the reasons why. The cops are the face of the government that uh, we as so-called citizens see the most. They are the gun that enforces laws. They are the fists that make sure our rulers' orders and whims are followed. Last night there was an excellent episode of Free Talk Live where many police officers called into the show and validated just about every single point I'm going to make in this post. And then he links to us and uh, says to go download the show. He says, You might think I hate cops for no reason. Maybe you think it's just a popular opinion that I attached onto. No, in fact, I know many cops. I've had lots of exposure to cops. When I was a teenager and had regular contact with cops, I had friends and associates who had regular contacts with the cops. Cops love to mess with teenagers. Why? Well, because they can get away with it. Teenagers are easy targets. They typically aren't knowledgeable of their rights. They're also more likely to commit crimes. And they're generally perceived as punk kids, so they're not taken very seriously. Teenagers are easy targets for cops. Bullies usually pick on small kids, and so do the police. Teenage shenanigans aren't the only exposure I've had to the police. Actually, I've had some pretty close contact with a decent-sized group of cops. My mother dated a cop for several years, so he has been in very close proximity to some police officers. And we're going to give, uh, give you the rest of his story as to how he's become so jaded towards the policing profession. 1-800-259-9231. If you're a police officer listening to this, try not to yell and scream too loud and maybe listen to how it is that this person got this way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. The packet A toll-free line for you. That's one 800 We invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all of the features there and help support Free Talk Live by buying some stuff at amazon.freetalklive.com. That's right. You know Amazon. They've got 35 categories of products, all kinds of things, everything from books to furniture to DVDs to office products, sporting goods, accessories, baby stuff. I mean, you name it. They pretty much have it. Amazon.freetalklive.com plus the all-important gift certificates. Gift cards from Amazon, you can get them. I mean, you need to do holiday shopping, right? Whether it's uh, Kwanzaa or Hanukkah or Christmas, whatever it is you celebrate, uh, solstice, you're going to be doing some holiday shopping. Why go through the effort of getting out of your chair? Go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Get it all done right there. Uh, You can order products or gift certificates and anything you order through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. We get a percentage of Free Talk Live. We get a percentage of your sale. Amazon.freetalklive.com. All right, we're going to get back into uh, the details on why this uh, one of our listeners hates the police so much and his personal story here in a moment. But The Watcher is on the line in Georgia, and we're going to him first on Free Talk Live. Hello, The Watcher.
8: Good evening, gentlemen.
0: Good evening. What's on your mind?
8: Uh, one of my tenants, one of my commercial tenants, is also an employee of the Drug Enforcement Administration. Okay. And his unit uh has told me that they think it's very hilarious that the lady was shot that it was just a comedy of errors and it's nothing to worry about. Wow. You can bet your rear end his lease will be canceled at the uh end of next month.
0: He told I you it was it he told gun. you it was funny that they killed this old lady? Oh yeah. Yeah, they find it very comedic. Man. I, I don't even know what to say to that. That is just the most sick thing, uh, one of the sickest things I've ever heard. I mean, I can see sort of laughing in in futility
1: over something happened, like, oh, you know, like, because it's so so dumb and so tragic that it all happened. But, you know, to be amused by it is is something totally different. Sick.
8: Oh, he, he's totally amused. He's just sick. I'm looking at him right now through the windows. It, it, he just makes me want to puke.
0: Man. I'm sorry to hear that, law enforc-
8: that, That's not law enforcement. No, it's that's not. That's sadism.
0: Yeah, it, it really is. It's it's thuggery.
8: I don't, uh, I don't trust law enforcement. I trust them less than I trust the thugs in this neighborhood where some of my shopping centers and things are. Yep. Mm. I keep a loaded AK-47 and two shotguns in my office, and I dare them to come in on me like they did on that lady. Mm. They'll need a putty knife to clean that mess up.
0: Wow. Good Lord. Thank you for the call, so man. Uh, we really appreciate hearing from you, and uh, I'm sorry that you've got such a lousy tenant. Yeah. 800-259-9231. Well, at least he knows how to take care of it. Well, it's that attitude that we're going to be talking about here. Um, going back to this blog post from Syndicate23, he grew up with a mom who dated a cop for several years. So he's had close uh, encounters with the police for a long, long time, and he's gone, he's gone, come to the conclusion of hating the police. And now this is going to be a look into why he has drawn that conclusion. He says the cop was a deputy sheriff of a mostly rural Midwest county. I've had a lot of exposure to him and his cronies. He really shed a lot of light on how a cop's mind functions and what a cop's motivation is. He was a highly decorated and respected as the second in command of his department. Much of my opinion of cops can be traced back to the numerous conversations I've had with him over the several years he dated my mother. Cops are authoritarian thugs. They thrive on power. I believe a lot of cops specifically seek out their profession because they enjoy pushing people around. They enjoy power. And being a cop is one of the easiest ways to do it without getting into any trouble at all. All you have to do is Google bad cops and you come up with hundreds of stories of the police beating people up. And then he gives a few examples, which, of course, we've covered here on Talk Live. (laughs) We've covered them all and... and, uh yeah, we've covered them extensively. He says, cops are stupid people. You may scoff at this, <sighs> but the story of Robert Jordan is one example of police departments passing over some candidates because they score too highly on an IQ test. Mr. Jordan scored only 125 on his IQ test, and he was disqualified. A 125 doesn't even mean that you're really smart, but it's too smart to be a cop, at least in New London, Connecticut. Despite the claims of the New London PD that they don't hire cops that are too smart because they might get bored of the job... I think they don't hire cops that are too smart because they don't want cops thinking for themselves. The police don't think for themselves. Furthermore, they're unprincipled. All cops go through a rigorous process to become selected to be a cop. Based on the behavior of cops and news stories that have leaked selection methods, it seems that people who do not have a lot of capacity to think for themselves are chosen to become cops. This translates into a group of mindless robots enforcing the law with no application of principle and no thought before they act. If it's a law, no matter if it's good or not, of course, unless it's, of course, one of their friends that they're protecting. He then says cops are corrupt. They help their friends and hurt their enemies. They think they're better than everyone else. This point was drilled into me by the cop that my mother dated and his fellow officers. They were the group of the most pompous, arrogant a-holes that I've ever had the chance <laughs> to talk to. Think of your old high school football team, then give them badges and guns. Well,
1: I think it's a little unfair to judge every cop and the nation based on Of course the it's unfair.
0: Of it's unfair, but this is his story, okay? It's his story. He says you'll have uh, he says give them badge- badges and guns and you'll have this group of lousy degenerate pigs. They used oh. to constantly joke that if I ever made them mad, they would just pull me over and plant meth on me and I'd never see the light of day again. They would constantly brag about the people they pushed around and bullied, sort of like how the watcher just called in and said that they were laughing about killing that old lady and uh in Atlanta, they would constantly talk smack about the people they pulled over, how they were scum and lowlifes. They told me how they would find uh, how they would let their friends go when they pulled them over, but pick on teenagers and people with long hair and poor people. Their behavior made me sick to my stomach. Cops ruin people's lives. They'll pull someone over who's not hurting anyone. They always have good excuses like he wasn't wearing his seatbelt. Well, why is it the government's business if I wear my seatbelt anyway? It's not. It's once they pull ridiculous. S- once they pull someone over, they try to intimidate that person into letting them violate their right by illegally searching them. Maybe then the cops will find some weed or something on the person or in his car. At this point, the cops go crazy and rip the person's car apart, spreading his belongings on the roadside. The suspect ends up arrested and charged for drug possession. Likely, the suspect had a job. Supported a family, and now, if, because, if this cops, uh, because of the cop, this guy might lose his job. If he goes to jail, there's a good chance he'll lose his family as well. This person's life is now ruined because some cop couldn't mind his own business. The worst thing about them is how they're funded. It isn't bad enough that the cops go around imposing force on everyone they encounter. I don't think the worst part is how they're funded. I think that uh, the worst part is the ab- abuses of power and their ability to have those abuses of power. He says they even need to derive their paychecks via theft. Yes, I'm talking taxes. Taxation is theft just by a large group of thugs from the government, be it federal, state, or local. A good sign you're doing something wrong is if you need to hold a gun to someone's head in order to pay for it. Yeah. Cops regularly endanger the lives of innocent people while going about their business of oppressing people. All you have to do to prove this is watch an episode of Cops. How many times do you see a cop chasing someone at high speed through city streets? Eh, He says that's about every episode. What crime could have been so heinous as to require putting so many innocent people at risk? Do these people have a... Yeah, uh, you know, I've always wondered about that, about high-speed
1: chases. Are these things really necessary? Uh, w- what is it that they're hoping to get? Now, maybe you can convince an me... adrenaline me with, rush? ...with bank robbery or something like that. But when it comes to a pullover for uh, speeding or whatever, mm-hmm. and then the person runs away, well, they must have something more to hide. We must go get them. Yeah. I, and then every, everybody who's around's put in danger. The, the the houses in the general vicinity, sure. the people in the car. You've it's, got the guy's even tag the criminals number.
0: in the car. If you pulled him over, you've got his tag number. Send him a ticket. If they're running, or find their house. It does, Do it a does. little investigation. I just don't quite understand the whole high-speed
1: chase thing. Well, Too many people have been hurt during these things.
0: Do, th- do these thugs have a little girl tied up in the back that they intend on murdering? Do they have a nuclear weapon on the trunk that they intend on blowing up the town with? No, this never happens. Usually it's because they have some drugs or maybe because they've stolen a car. Cops feel it's important enough, though, to put your life at risk. They want to catch that car thief so badly, they don't care if they kill you and your kids to get it done. Look up the story of how a cop ran over a large group of elementary school students during a high-speed chase. It happens. It does happen. He says, finally, could I ever like cops again? Sure, it's possible, but it would take a huge paradigm shift. Cops would have to start protecting and serving again rather than being armed thugs bent on beating people down. Cops would have to start recognizing that they're my servant and that they should be following my orders and not the other way around. Cops would have to start thinking for themselves and not enforce laws that directly contradict the Constitution. They would have to start doing what's right and not what they're told. I think ending the war on drugs would go a long way towards all of these goals. The war on drugs is the primary reason why cops do most of the bad things they do. If the war on drugs, uh, war on drugs was ended, I think all of us would be a lot safer, and maybe, just maybe, I wouldn't hate those pigs anymore. Good Lord. From Syndicate 23, block Man. spot. I, it's, it's clear that he <laughs> he's very frustrated. He's a real middle-class American, as, yeah. he, as he put it, a 30, 30-something computer programmer. Mm-hmm. He's not a violent thug. He's not a criminal. He's just somebody who's had so many uh, bad encounters with the police and seen so much bad news about the police that he's totally fed up. Now, if you want to respond to that, 800-259-9231, also to The Watcher, uh, talking about how the police DEA agent that he wor- that is renting an apartment from him absolutely just laughed about the old lady that was shot dead last week. I mean, how callous can you be? That was somebody's grandmother. More's on the way. This is your show. You take control of the airwaves. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off our three Thursday edition. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. Toll free number 800 259 9231, the Packet 8 toll free lines. For all your voiceover IP needs, head over to Packet 8.net. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1 800 259 9231 allows you to bring up whatever you want. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site are completely free. So enjoy freetalklive.com. We start things out here in this hour by going to the phones to Matthew in Massachusetts on the Amplifier Line. Hello, Matthew. Hi, guys. What's on your mind, sir?
4: All right. Um, just calling about the fact that I had a – that Kayleen and I, while we were heading home one night, had an interesting run-in with a cop where he uh, pulled up. Kayleen was driving, and uh, 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 the cop pulled, it, pulled us over because – um. We, he, he thought that, and this is his word that uh, there was, we had swerved a little bit while okay. she was pulling into the other while she while she, she was pulling into the other lane.
0: So he thought she might have been drunk.
4: Okay, yeah, that's that was one thing, and um, he was examining her car with the flashlight, everything like that. And the thing is, is he, she she pulled over. There was no evidence of. I mean, I, you know, there was nothing. It was just a normal. She was pulling into the other lane. And she was changing lanes, mm-hmm. and uh, there was nothing abnormal about it. He, he, it was obviously an excuse to pull us over.
5: I see. Um, Why
4: and, would he pick uh, you? I have no idea, but we do have some libertarian bumper stickers That's what back. I was going to
0: ask. Yeah, <laughs> <And>, okay.
4: <laughs> uh, something involving, uh, you know, the Jefferson quote of uh, um, not, uh, you know, of uh, being suspicious of government and the free in a uh free state project with stickers so I don't know.
0: Right, so but, libertarian bumper stickers in the state of Massachusetts, Mark. I could understand how that might get you pulled over.
4: I don't I don't know if that's necessarily true, but it's it was often suspicious because we were she was driving fine. It was just a normal night on the way back and um it would be one thing if she did kind of uh, swerve suddenly or something like that or some some strange thing. But it was there was nothing.
0: So what and, happened uh, as a result? Anything?
4: Uh, we we fought it and uh, won, and uh, but it was just a big pain in the. Uh, wait, wait, what was the char-
0: Wait, what was the charge? I missed that.
4: The charge. We we. Well, she was ticketed, and the charge was uh, for improper lane change.
0: She was ticketed for, for that swerving a little.
4: For for improper lane change. Hmm.
0: What was the the fine on that?
4: Uh, let's see, it was uh let's see, was it forty five bucks
0: like so that? So you you actually went to court over this.
4: Hmm. Well, it not It was. It's not a really court. It's more. Uh, I don't know what you call a. Uh, you just sit down in a room with uh, with a, a magistrate and then with uh with some uh, cop, uh, high ranking cop, and uh, they just go over it with you.
0: Yeah, so it's and, not really court. In, it's in,
4: a,
1: in Massachusetts, you don't actually get to have the cop that uh, was there. Really? Um, present, unless you appeal it. From what I understand, hmm. you can appeal the magistrate's decision. So, um, you know the whatever this the ticket is um it has nothing to do with uh you know the the constitution where it says you can if it's more than $20 you can have a trial of your peers mm, no you don't get one
0: so how did you, you win you don't get to see
1: you don't get to see the equipment that was involved you don't right. get to see the the accuser none of that stuff how is right, it that no, you
4: won a, this well uh we just uh, sat there and uh i i was i as a witness i said uh she used her directional uh, there was nothing different about this uh, lane change, um, and uh, we, you know, we said that, or you know, that I, I testified that Keely is a is a great driver mm-hmm. and uh, she has a great record, and um, and and we just got off got off ticket. So hold on just a second. Was,
1: Wait a second. Now you went in front of this magistrate and this high-ranking police officer, as you said, and. Um, they they let you off in this case?
0: Yeah. Really? Hmm. Was there any words yeah. for did you get any words from the judge as to
4: the, well the the magistrate well the judge is the magistrate but it, the the magistrate said uh you know um, well obviously uh he, he just actually he went um and then the, the cop was the one who said uh well the obviously the officer wasn't very uh uh didn't find this a very important case uh so I have no I have no real uh, interest in pursuing it, and that's that was pretty much the words.
0: How was it obvious that the officer didn't find it important because he wasn't there? I thought they didn't even have to be.
4: No, no, no. He he said uh, because of the the ticket wasn't uh, wasn't uh, it wasn't a very big fine. Huh. And
0: mm-hmm. I, I so had it been it worth more, that, had it been worth more, they wouldn't have let you go.
4: Yeah, I'm not, I guess I have no idea. It was oh, it really was good. pretty. It was just a something I had. To, you know, I took the day off of work to do it, yeah. and it was just a big inconvenience and. And it was it was frustrating being on the, being on a highway at that you know it's like a, and having people buzz by and it's just ugh,
0: can it you understand a, I mean last no. hour Matthew we read a, a blog post from one of our listeners explaining why he in his words hates the police can you understand where he's coming from on that as general as it is and unfair as it is to the few uh, to the good cops that are out there
4: yeah I do I do understand that because I feel a lot of what he feels uh, I don't. I I do not like most police officers. I I know one that I actually um, who is uh, a cop from where Keeling works, who's a, actually calls himself a libertarian and yeah. is a very nice very nice gentleman. But uh, outside of that, I've had nothing but bad experiences with it's cops. It's
0: unfortunate. And, I wish it didn't have to be that way. Thank you for the call. We appreciate all right, have a good night. 800-259-9231. five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's talk to Steve in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey guy. Hey, what's on your mind, Steve?
5: Uh. I've, I've been following Alex Jones. Um, I started with the 9/11, and I've been hooked ever since. Of course.
0: Uh huh. <clears throat>
5: Excuse me. Well, Chillicothe is thirty thirty-five thousand, Chillicothe, Ohio. Okay. Okay. In this little paper that we get, the little advertiser that goes around once a week. Check this out. It says counterterrorism training. Yeah. These positions are to be. Or to protect subcontractors overseas, must have military or police experience, be willing to commit three 90-day tours overseas, mm-hmm. 168000 to 220000 per year, 80% tax exempt.
0: Wow. Sounds like the uh, – They're paying pretty good for mercenaries over there. Yeah, it sounds like the Mercs. Uh, who's that? Was it? Blackwater?
5: Uh, Borderagentszoomshare.com. Hmm.
0: Hmm. So you're just kind I mean, kinda...
5: this in a small town like this. I mean, come on.
1: I haven't heard any advertisements like that. I wonder what uh you guys have going on that everybody
0: else doesn't.
5: Well, I just uh I was going to fax this to to Alex or to you guys or whoever. Uh, Alex would get it, right?
0: I I don't know. You'll have to call him. This isn't the Alex Jones show.
5: Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, this, this is Jeff. Free Talk Live. Okay, I got gotcha. you.
0: So I don't know. I don't know what the relevance of it is. I mean, somebody's looking to hire some mercenaries. So, yeah, and they look. By the
1: sounds of it, they're going to pay them very, very well. Right. I mean, we get. That a, sounds like they're going to be doing some dangerous stuff.
0: We get a weekly ad paper around here. I just don't read the thing. I mean, for all I know, there's an ad in there for it.
5: Well, well, it's to protect the subcontractors. Okay. They're building. They're building all the, uh, you know, the uh, headquarters over there, so we can be over there permanently. Everything.
0: Right. Yeah, it's bad news. I mean, you're certainly not getting any, getting any disagreement from us on the Iraq yeah. War. I think it needs to end. We need to bring everybody home. Um, but I mean, hey, if they want to hire somebody at two hundred thousand yeah. dollars a year, that's their business, I guess.
5: Yeah, I just want to. I just want to call well, my taxpayers' money. You know, anyway, we got all kind of money.
0: Oh, I guess that is. I guess it would be taxpayers' money. You think? Yeah,
5: sure, it's government.
0: Okay, uh, good. Just, good observation. Just,
5: yeah, just real quick on the on the cop thing. Yeah. Uh, if you go with a negative and negative and you look at the fellow man as being you know they're bad you know you know they look at people as what are they doing wrong yeah not what they're doing right what they're doing wrong that sets up a mentality and and they can't kind of get molded to that character and that's yeah. why the, the solution to that is to move police around don't keep them on the uh you know, put them in the office for a while.
0: Well, the solution is to end the war on drugs and to end all these silly, nonviolent, uh, consensual crimes that we have out there. That, that way they they can't look for things like that that you're doing wrong I think, because it won't be so-called wrong anymore.
1: I think he's right, too. Um, it's, it's a tough job that's hard on your brain, and I've said that over and over again, that it's very difficult to work with. Negative. The kind of,
0: it's all negative.
1: Yeah, the, the kind yeah. of people that they work with day in and day out. And not get
0: jaded. I agree with uh, with you, Steve, that they are constantly looking for things to charge you with. And it's just a, not a good mindset. Especially when you're supposedly protecting and serving us. It's just, not, it's just not how it works out. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I don't feel protected, nor do I feel served, when it comes to the police being around. I feel scared. And I don't have drugs in my car. But I feel scared anyways, because I know they can do virtually anything. If you cross them, more on the way. You take control. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. The Packet 8 toll-free lines. That's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features, we give them away. And that does include the wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. The listener editable version of our website, wiki dot free talk live dot com and register now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, attaining economic and personal freedoms in America's freest state. This three day event, February twenty third through the twenty fifth, will be held convention style in historic Concord, New Hampshire, with some of the program taking place in the State House. Register now at freestateproject.org dot org slash Liberty Forum. That is freestateproject.org dot org slash Liberty Forum. And speaking of New Hampshire this, of course, unfortunately, not so good, not so great news about New Hampshire. New, Newt Gingrich was in town recently. And really, it's not not about New Hampshire; It just happens to be where this took right. place.
1: Happens to be a New um, Manchester.
0: Manchester mm-hmm. He was there speaking at some sort of a forum on the First Amendment and said some pretty well stunning things, according to uh, Infowars and also Keith Olbermann at MSNBC. The quote from Gingrich, uh, and ex- here's some a few excerpts. From Newt Gingrich's speech. Now, remember, this man is considering a run for president in 2008. So, just to kind of give you a, a look into his mindset, which really isn't any different from any of the other neocon mindsets in Washington D.C., he might they're they're just interchangeable. These guys: George Bush, Dick Cheney, Newt Gingrich, all one in the same. I thought Newt was very uh, you know fiscally conservative,
1: and I didn't think that he had much as far as a a, a social. Schedule, but apparently he does,
0: oh yeah, he does here he goes my predict this is him my prediction to you is that either before we lose a city or if we're truly stupid after we lose a city, we will adopt rules of engagement that use every technology that we can find to break up their capacity to use the internet to break up their capacity to use free speech. Now, when he's saying there, I presume he means the terrorists the terrorists and al Qaeda. The A- Taliban. God and, knows who. And to go after the people that want to kill us to stop them recruiting before they get to reach out and convince young people to destroy their lives while destroying us. Using the collectivist terminology of us as though he's speaking for all of us in America here. As though that the terrorists are going to reach out to young Americans? Is that what he means? Convince young people to... Destroy their lives while destroying us? I mean, what kind of uh, scare tactics are these? Do we, are we really under uh, a great threat from young people in America becoming terrorists?
1: I don't. I haven't seen it happen, but I guess there's been a few converts um, that would be so... I mean, they're, they're trying to paint Padilla that, that way. Mm-hmm. There that was, was that one guy, that, that American Taliban guy from a couple years ago. Yeah, that ago. white kid that they found over in Afghanistan. Right. But he wasn't
0: exactly a terrorist. He was fighting on the side of... You know, somebody. Yeah, he's, he'd chosen sides Yeah. Uh, from whatever his personal beliefs were. But nonetheless, he's talking about breaking up their capacity to use free speech. Now, of course, he doesn't get into details as to what that means, but if you're going to break up a potential terrorist's free speech, he's talking about breaking it up before they – I'm not really sure what the parameters here are. If you're breaking up somebody's freedom of speech, you might as well be breaking up everybody's freedom of speech and breaking up anyone's freedom of speech should be something that Americans should really start to uh, perk up at. Huh? You want to stop the Nazis from having free speech? No, no. I may disagree with everything the Nazis believe in, yeah. but I certainly believe that they should be free to speak out about it on government
1: uh, public property. Yeah, you really can't limit someone else's speech without having your own limited. Um, it, it, You know, I mean, obviously, if the uh, the terrorists want to uh, speak in some way um, that I wouldn't necessarily speak in, like, uh, Allah is great, um, w- let's kill all the Americans, or something like mm-hmm. that, if, if, if they want to say that, um, then I'm limited from saying those same things if somehow we go after these people for those kind of things. And and the little path is further, we're traveled farther down the path. Right.
0: They may not come after you first, Mark, but what they might do is implement uh, what he, Again, he's very, very b- vaguely suggesting, saying break up their capacity to use the Internet. Well, that would mean that if there was some sort of a video, say, by Al-Qaeda that said Allah wants you to kill Americans, that they would try to maybe block the websites that were hosting that video. Maybe label certain websites that hosted that video as un-American and off-limits to American uh, people. Maybe institute some sort of insta- uh, internet service provider uh, restrictions, to where ISPs must block specific, like a kind of like the no-fly list for people. Well, the no-access list for websites. I mean, how far are we from this?
1: Not far. It seems like that would be a relatively easy thing to
0: implement, actually. Well, so that's uh, some of, of the things. Of course, they just change the websites. The, yes, yes, they would. It's it's silly, uh, but of course the. The concept is what matters. The idea that the government can control and will start controlling the Internet Correct. is the scary part. The idea that perhaps if they spot a website they don't like, they might actually have the authority to go and physically shut it down. Perhaps go after the hosting provider to perhaps scare. Because when you, when you um, run a website like the Free Talk Live site, it's not running out of our living room. It's running out of a server rack somewhere in Texas. Uh, b- by a very, you know, professional company that does this for a living. Well, if it turns out that there's some new law that's passed that says, well, if you've got terrorist stuff on your website, we're going to shut you down and then uh the feds come in and raid uh the site in Texas or one of these major server operations, these people are going to get scared. Sure. They just want to do business. They just want to make money off of providing internet service or a web service to clients. And they're not going to take the risk because one client's in there amongst a bunch of clients that are legit. One of them's got a terrorist website. They're going to exclude. They're going to start doing the bidding of the government because they don't want to be shut down.
1: Yeah, they just want to make money and be able to take care of their families and you know live a good life. They'd like to stand up for free speech, but that's not really their job. No. And so, well, I, I would say at that point, though, that the... Terrorist organization, and I, I, I hesitate to use that. The free speech organization, um, the organization that's uh, uh, practicing its free speech, will just move its server to India sure. or South America. South America is probably not a good idea. They're they're more likely to, uh, you know, have some kind of reciprocal thing going. But you know, Southeast
0: Asia. He goes on with some pretty scary quotes here. I want to suggest to you right now that we should um, impaneling people to look seriously at this level of supervision that we would never dream of if it were not for this scale of this threat. Ah, things have changed since 9-11. Things have changed since 9-11, and now we never would have dreamed of this before, but it's time, America. It's time for a level of supervision that we would have never dreamed of. What does that mean? Hello, George Orwell. You know, i got to say, hey out there all
1: Republican, ex-Republicans that uh, you know dream of the mid-90s when we were trying to uh, shrink the size of government, please don't vote for Newt Gingrich. Please don't but they're all going be the, It doesn't
0: matter if it's Newt or it's John McCain or it's Jeb Bush or whoever it is that the Republican uh, choice Giuliani's is going to be possibility, I guess. in 2008. It, it won't matter who it is. They're all going to have this, well, we've got to protect America at whatever cost mindset. And so are the Democrats. Look at the Democrats. They're now in charge, but yet they seem to be do- doing anything but coming up with an exit plan for Iraq. Why? You opposed it before, but now yeah. you don't? It got you in office. office. That's good enough. That was it.
1: Game All over. Matters, yeah.
0: Now they got 2 years to kick back and pass some minimum wage increases. Now they got a plan
1: is go big, go long or go home. But go home's only one of the two
0: choices. 800 259 9231. Another scary quote from uh, this man who's running for, who may be running for president here, Newt Gingrich, here in a moment. 800 259 9231. With your thoughts about whatever's on your mind, plus the Supreme Court on global warming. It's all coming up on Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. Toll-free, 800-259-9231. The Packet 8 toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features there are completely free, including updates. You get clued in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. If you're on the updates list, head over to updates.freetalklive.com. To get added to it, that is updates.freetalklive.com. Talking about Newt Gingrich's comments earlier this week, I believe it was, at uh, at some sort of a dinner honoring the sanctity of the First Amendment, Newt Gingrich gets on the stage, who, by the way, may be running for president in 2008, and trashes the First Amendment. By saying
1: that things like, well, it was valuable beforehand, but now right. things have changed.
0: Now that the, the, the rules of engagement have changed, and now we need to break up their capacity to use the Internet, break up their capacity to use free speech, go after people who want to kill us, etc., etc. He's talking about controls on the Internet, on websites that the government might deem, say, unfriendly, maybe free talk live, uh, possibly. I mean, we're a dissenting voice here, we six nights are. a week. Uh, maybe your website, maybe your blog site, maybe you say something anti-government, something they don't like, and uh, you get put on the blacklist, which is a possibility. Now, there is no blacklist yet, but how hard is it for them to come up with the idea? We just came up with it, and we're not mad power freaks trying to control people. In fact, this guy isn't even in office. Newt Gingrich? Yeah. He's, has, he's not in office right now. He's not elected right in anything. He's just talking about what he would like to do. Just wait till he tastes the power again, Mark. Wait until he gets elected. And then he's got the power. Then he'll go really crazy with it. Now he's just throwing out ideas. And, of course, it's certainly possible for anybody who's in office to co-opt these ideas and uh, take them as their own and institute them on the American public. But let's go on with his uh, his vision for America. He says... I want to suggest to you right now that we shouldn't be impaneling people. I don't know what impaneling means, but that's <laughs> what he said. To look seriously at a level of supervision that we would never dream of if it were not for this scale of threat. It's a serious long-term war, and it will lead us to want to know what is said in every suspect place in the country. It will lead us to learn how to close down every website that is dangerous. Hmm.
2: So how do, ominous.
0: Yeah. Um, how do you become a suspect place? How do you become a dangerous website? Who will be the individual or group of individuals to make the decision as to what constitutes a dangerous website? The same people that are deciding what constitutes um,
1: pornography, I would imagine. You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Does this scare you a little bit, this kind of talk? Not just pornography, but obscene material, yeah, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one because this isn't going to be i mean this is just the tip of the iceberg the The two thousand and eight campaigns have barely even gotten started yet we've yet to really hear the uh the saber rattling of uh, these people, these candidates, we've yet to really hear their totalitarian vision for America. I mean, this is just a little taste of the future supervision, a level of supervision we would never have dreamed of if it were not for this scale of threat. We want to know what will be said in every suspect place in the country and close down every website that's dangerous. It doesn't seem to be uh, to me that it would be that difficult to label a website as dangerous. If you're the government, anything that can threaten your power could be labeled dangerous. Yeah, it's a, it's a short road to that. So it is not very hard to imagine that Free Talk Live, the libertarian movement, uh, the advocates for self-government, the Free State Project, a lot of these organizations that are devoted to cutting down the size of government could be very easily labeled as dangerous. Now, we're not dangerous to Americans. We're dangerous to the government. We're dangerous to the status quo, and we're dangerous to the way things are. And the government doesn't care about protecting Americans. The government cares about protecting itself and its image. And the image of the government is, look at us, we're the heroes, we're the ones protecting you. We're keeping you safe, people. These free staters, these free talk live listeners and, uh, and activists, these people are talking about hurting your government. These people are talking about making it so we can't protect you anymore, and that makes them dangerous. Am I really just out of line here? Am I suggesting crazy talk? What do you think? 800-259-9231. Keith Olbermann had uh, Jonathan Turley from George Washington University on his show to weigh in on this. And uh, I think Mr. Turley's comments are pretty appropriate. He says this could actually happen. The First Amendment is an abstraction, and when you put it up against the idea of incinerating millions of people, there will be millions of citizens that respond like some Pavlovian response and just deliver up their rights. Yeah, we've already seen it happening. People it sure America, we've we've had people call this show and essentially beg for their rights to be taken away. Well, but what about the terrorists? What are you gonna do? And it's, what if we're attacked? It's just amazing to hear it happen. Uh, It's amazing to hear Americans, who at one time, many of them consider themselves conservatives, who at one time would have been advocating for smaller government, say, no, no, it's okay, now we need bigger government. Now is the time for bigger government, because we're scared.
1: Well, you know, and and these are the same people that would... uh to you know, sing Land of the Free and Home of the Brave. They are. It'd, be, it'd roll right off their tongue. They'll tongues. still sing it.
0: Yeah. They'll still sing Land of the Free, Home of the Brave, even as they're being watched over by their overlord. Absolutely. It's amazing how the, the the mind can just lie to itself like that. Turley says, People don't seem to appreciate that you really can't save a constitution by destroying it. He says, What you see here is, I think, the insatiable appetite that has developed amongst certain leaders for controlling American society. We saw that with John Ashcroft not long after 9 11 when he said that critics were aiding and abating terrorists. There's this insatiable appetite that develops when you feed absolute power to people like Gingrich. And I would uh, posit that it happens when you feed power to anybody. Gingrich just happens to be the one, uh, you know, the politician of the moment. Anyway, he says, and people should not assume that these are just going to be fringe candidates and that this will never happen. Fear does amazing things to people, and it can cause sort of a self-mutilation in a democracy. Uh, Of course, this is a representative republic, where we give up the very things, the very rights that define us, and theoretically, the very things that we're defending. So, as we roll into the 2008 presidential season, what's going to change in America? Is the face of the debate going to shift in a radically different direction? Are we going yeah. to see... which
1: rights should we uh, minimize here?
0: Are we going to see a libertarian candidate possibly come to the forefront and actually get some press attention? Is that even a remote possibility? Or are we yet again going to see... I mean, what is, you've got two years. The Democrats have two years to, to get some stuff so-called done, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you can pretty much bet that they're not going to be pulling troops out of Iraq. So that's going to bum the Democrats out that voted for the Democrats, the people that voted for the idea that maybe there was a chance they'd end this whole Iraq war thing. Probably not going to happen. So the Democrats are going to be disappointed. The Republicans are going to be once again talking about how, okay, we've gotten back to principle, we're okay again, and we're going to have less government. Just elect uh, Newt Gingrich for less government. I'm not sure about
1: the Democrats in Iraq. Um, I think that to some extent the media the big boys in the media are democrats and they will do it with iraq what they did with bosnia herzegovina what do you mean ignore it suddenly iraq will become less of an issue you think americans were dying in bosnia and herzegovina true so that you know in that case I, yeah I, yeah I but just, it wasn't as much of a war war was okay it? i, I, I don't yes, know it absolutely it wasn't as much of a war war yeah but it's an interesting suggestion. I just think that uh, you know, the the Democrats will do something about troop you know, troop movements and size and that kind of thing and and then, you know, the the their friends in the media will say,
0: hmm,
1: yeah, we'll stop paying attention to this and they'll I go just, on to something else.
0: I'm just curious as to what's gonna happen in the two thousand eight campaign. I mean, how is it gonna play out? If the Democrats haven't pleased their base mm-hmm. Then they're going to have very upset base. The Republicans are uh, a lot of the Republicans are still going to be uh, kind of questioning whether or not they should continue voting for Republicans. They're going to be a little confused. I think it's a, going to be a ripe opportunity for libertarians to recruit more people. Do I think the libertarian candidate's going to win? No. Do I think that we could get more attention than ever? Yes. If Doug Stanhope is the elected uh, libertarian presidential candidate. Yeah, I think he's a good choice. He is a comedian. He is nationally known by a lot of people. And I really believe that a, uh, a, a personality like him is our best shot in 2008 to get even a little bit of attention. More on the way. You take control. This is your show. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free. Even in these remaining moments, the Thursday edition, Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231, packet eight toll-free lines. 1-800-259-9231. You want to help support Free Talk Live, then you should vote uh, for the show. Actually, wait a minute. Today's the last day of the month, isn't it? Yeah. You should vote tonight. Yeah, for the show. well, you should vote Midnight. later after I send the update, and we'll give you the details on that. Also, you can AMP Free Talk Live. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to become a Free Talk Live amplifier. The credit card form is down still for the moment, but if you can sign up, you can still sign up via PayPal. It's very simple. We give you all the features on the Free Talk Live website for free. Those other radio talk show hosts who want to charge you money for theirs. We give them all away the up front, though we do ask that you voluntarily support us. If you like the show, you want to help spread the show to new radio stations, uh, get on more internet uh, affiliates, and get more internet listeners, the AMP program is the way to do it. It's working. Head over and learn more, amp.freetalklive.com. you get access as an amplifier to some special features like the amplifier-only call-in lines, the amplifier-only forums, classic archives, and more, amp.freetalklive.com. It's very simple. We take the money in, three bucks a month, all we ask, and we turn it around into advertising for the show. Get all the details, amp.freetalklive.com. Mark, let's go to the Supreme Court. Global warming—what is going on? Well, this isn't
1: exactly a the case to, to end all cases, but I was amused by the article. Okay. Um, Washington Post: Supreme Court yesterday cautiously confronted for the first time the issue of global warming, hearing a challenge to the Bush administration's refusal to regulate emissions of greenhouse gases in new vehicles. Yes, that's right. The Bush administration's and char- and you know responsible for doing this. Twelve states, led by Massachusetts, joined by the District of Columbia, are objecting to the Environmental Protection Agency's decision to decline to issue emission standards for new cars and trucks. They and the environmental organizations that support them say that standards should be the first step in a broader effort to reduce carbon dioxide and other gases that are harming the atmosphere and leading to global warming and rising sea levels. Allegedly. Allegedly. well, That's what they say. Um, But they faced a court (laughs) sometimes um, skeptical about whether the remedy that they seek would make much difference in the long run and whether they can even show that they are facing um, the kind of imminent harm that is required before they can press their case. I mean, as Justin Antonin Scalia, when is the predicted cataclysm Scalia was one of several justices to remark on the lack of scientific expertise during an hour of questioning hmm. that touched on whether the states have a standing to challenge the EPA's refusal. Hold on just a second. The environmental agencies – I mean this is the Supreme Court. This is the big one. This is the world series of whether or not um, you know they're, they have any standing to talk about uh, global warming and regulation. If they didn't bring in their best scientific minds... The A-game, if you will. Yeah. I mean, what's going on here? Uh, the the, uh, the <laughs> Do they not have any information, or are they not stepping up to the plate and playing like it's big time? Mm. I don't understand. The Supreme Court is commenting on the lack of scientific expertise during an hour of questioning that touched on whether the states have a standing to challenge... Now, this may not be... I guess this is a precursor to the big game, but... Hey, don't pull any stops out. It's still the Supreme Court. These sure. nine people still make the decision. Um, the level of evidence provide, uh, providing the existence of global warming and its causes and and even whether unilateral action by the United States can reduce um, greenhouse gases that would hamper negotiations with other countries on the issue. The debate inside the court was echoed outside the chamber. Former Vice President, well, that's, um, I don't care what they, what they had to say, but suffice to say that Al Gore, Barbara Boxer, and every other – politician that could uh, dance around in front of a camera it certainly did so (laughs) okay i this is what floored me i couldn't believe that particular um that that paragraph that said that the judges were surprised by the lack of scientific evidence that they were bringing in Can you see that i mean Everything. I read is article. Me. I read article after article every day. The world is on fire. We're all going to die. Rivets are being popped on Mother Earth. Um, and you know, there's species going extinct
0: everywhere. And there's usually scientists that'll have, make claims. I, I, I don't understand. I don't expect the Supreme Court to really be able to analyze scientific uh, theory I ex- or I expect a, I expect I expect
1: you to bring your scientist in there that's going to be able to present this in a manner Explain it. that's um you know succinct and clear for the Supreme Court justices to be right. able to um you know digest I don't underst- I I don't get it maybe he was too busy playing golf or something The one like scientist <laughs> I mean it's supposed to be every scientist I don't know um, troposphere, whatever I told you before, I'm not a scientist, Scalia said in laughter. That's why I don't want to have to deal with global warming to tell you the truth. It ob- it's obvious that he didn't uh, find it very important. Um, I don't know. Mikey, uh, that's this is one of the, uh, the, uh, the, attorneys that's here milky had already said the court um need not pass judgment on the science of climate change to find that the epa did not do its job when deciding not to regulate new vision vehicle emissions the the case started in 1999 when um, environmental group the international center for technology assessment and others petitioned the epa to set greenhouse gas emission standards for new vehicles um you know and then the epa didn't do what they were supposed to do supposedly i don't know i don't want the epa setting yeah i wish the epa my, would oh, just go away um quite honestly but it it should be interesting to see how this uh comes down i
0: not because i not because i want to pollute the world or uh that i want dirty water to drink or dirty air to breathe i don't i want to breathe clean air and i want clean water to drink it's just that i don't think the government is the agency that's going to provide those things I don't trust the government to do anything right. Yeah. And it amazes me that people still believe that if they just get the right people in office, they'll be able to save the world. And I just don't think that... Uh, I'm not an environmental expert, but I've certainly seen a few things here and there. And uh, there's Bjorn Lomberg, who sort of switched sides. I don't know if you've heard of this guy. He wrote, uh, wrote essentially wrote the book contradicting a lot of the claims that some of these environmentalists have been making for the longest time. He was somebody who was drinking the Kool-Aid with them, and then he decided, you know what, maybe I shouldn't just take these guys' word for it. I'll go out and do my own research. He did, and he published a book called The Skeptical Environmentalist, where he essentially came out and said, yes, I think that the global warming is an issue, but I don't think necessarily that we need to be um, so crazy about this. Yeah. Was basically well, what he said.
1: In this particular case, they're basically going to have to prove global warming In a court of law, because in order for the EPA to have harmed anyone, the, uh, you know, the ozones have to be depleted or whatever, Mm whatever, the globe has to be warming in order for harm to have been caused. Okay. And I don't even know if that's harmful. Well, why is that so bad? They have to prove, first off, that, in fact, it happened. Mm-hmm. Then they have to prove that, um, this, is, this is what's so fun about this case, that somehow man is responsible for it. That um, That's a hell of a burden of proof. Well, I'm not done. <laughs> that, um, that the responsibility somehow was exacerbated by the uh, EPA not putting these regulations in place. Mm. It's, it, Good luck. It's, I can't imagine it got as far as it did
0: one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one here only moments remain in Atlanta to switch gears. Next year Justin Holloway's class schedule will look more like an action movie plot than an academic pursuit. The Savannah State University sophomore will study international terrorism, disaster planning, criminology, social psychology, and Arabic. Holloway plans to be among the first to enroll in the college's new degree program in Homeland Security. Yes, preparing the next generation of jackboots at your local college. Great. It's the first of its kind in Georgia. The program is among a growing number of homeland security majors across the country as schools try to meet a rising demand for workers trained in a variety of national defense areas. So far, the graduates are finding themselves attractive to government agencies, defense contractors, and private companies. They do everything from creating emergency management plans to designing gas masks. Some programs focus on terrorism and man-made threats, while other colleges, like Savannah State, also train students to help with uh, major natural disasters in the wake of Hurricane Katrina's decimation of the Gulf Coast. Said the 19-year-old student from LaGrange, Georgia, quote, after the Katrina situation, I didn't like the way FEMA handled it. Maybe I was like, maybe I can make a difference. And I can tell you, sir. Please don't go make a difference. No, no. I can tell you, Justin, you won't. It doesn't matter if you have the best of intentions, and you happen to get this little homeland security degree, and you get hired by FEMA, and let's say you work your way up the ranks and become a, uh, a high-level bureaucrat. Yeah. By that time, you will be so cynical and jaded against the entire bureaucracy and the system that you work for that you'll come to understand that it's impossible for you to make any significant changes to make FEMA a working organization. See, at 19, you could have understood, you could have been taught by this point that bureaucracies are inefficient, slow-moving, and stupid. But they don't teach those things in schools. Why? Well, because government schools are bureaucracies. Why would they attack themselves? I think most
1: people understand that bureaucracies
0: are that. They just don't, don't call them bureaucracies.
1: <laughs> I don't know if most 19-year-olds really even know what bureaucracies are. I think bureaucracy is synonymous with slow-moving, uh, you know, Hannah. I think fisted. you're
0: 36 and I'm 26, and we've been paying a lot more attention than your average 19 year old has. Okay. I just anyway, think the term that's what it means. I think he's in for a surprise. It's been in here with you. And Mark. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com.